0: Joe Biden has announced he will put a lid on the lock to the door to the corridor to the blockade before the gun emplacement that guards the barricade in front of the door to the stairs to the cellar to the bedsheets under which he will be hiding until his security team drags him out kicking and screaming to go to the last debate. Biden announced the lid after saying he was terrified that reporters would mob him to ask tough questions. This occurred even after his team patiently explained to him that reporters asking him tough questions has never happened before and was unlikely to happen now. But apparently Biden had become spooked after he had this crazy dream in which journalists had integrity and asked about suspicious loans his brother James received when Joe was on the Senate Banking Committee and a billion dollar contract to build houses in Iraq, James won, while Vice President Joe was overseeing Iraq. Biden woke up in a cold sweat to realize with relief it was only a dream and there were no reporters in real life who would ask him those questions. With a deep sigh, Joe cuddled up to his Jim Acosta action figure and went back to sleep. But just as he was beginning to get over the terrifying fantasy that a journalist might try to find out the truth about him, reporters at the New York Post did exactly that and released emails from his son Hunter suggesting that Joe had been taking a cut of Hunter's influence-peddling deals with corrupt foreign businesses and governments and meeting with officials in return for the payouts. Even though Joe was assured that Twitter, Facebook, and the news networks would do their best to hide the story, he has not been seen or heard of since except for a dim voice screaming from the cellar of one of his two lavish homes. Please don't make me go out there again. I don't even know where I am. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are ringing, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. ship shaped tipsy topsy the world is zippity-zing. It's a wonderful day, hoorah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hooray, hooray. Yeah. Oh, hooray, hooray. All right, we are back laughing our way through the fall of the Republic. Sorry that I disappeared there for a day. I had to go visit my life just to see what was happening. Go on the Andrew Claven YouTube channel if you want to see what's happening. If you subscribe and ring the bell, we'll notify you when there's new content, sometimes original content. Always my openings uncut which, uh, you know, is is hard to find. but <laughs> And if you leave a message, if you leave a, a comment there and it's really, really stupid, it'll just blend right in with the rest of our commentary. So we'll read it on the air. Today, Paul Silcock has asked, I like how the, has said, I like how the Clavin has disguised the Batcave. This is a rumor going on uh, that I might actually be the Batman, which started after I was seen uh, wandering around the wet market outside Wuhan, China. So, CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin was suspended by The New Yorker magazine after he pleasured himself on screen during a Zoom meeting. The Zoom meeting was apparently called an election simulation, causing many low pundits of questionable character to make terrible puns before I could get around to them. But I'm generally a bipartisan libertarian when it comes to sexual activities. It is none of my business if some harmless, consensual kookiness turns you on in private. Life is short. Don't hurt anyone. Have a good time. But a guy who can't get through a Zoom call without wanking has something wrong with him. All these left-wing feminists making excuses for Tubin by saying, oh, well, this just shows how men are fascinated with their digits. They're lying to you and they're lying to themselves. This is not about men. It's about tubin it's him. He's got a problem. This is deviant and abusive behavior. Now, I mention this not just for the laughs, although the laughs are substantial, but also because more and more I feel that what passes for political discourse, especially on the left, is in fact pathology, sickness, like what Tubin has. It's not pathological, for instance, to say Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is a con that sells Marxism through racial tension. You're not sick if you fall for the con. You're just ignorant and an easy mark. But it is pathological to be convinced you're racist because you sometimes have negative thoughts about other races that just makes you human. Which is a problem you can't solve. And to get stuck on a problem you can't solve is almost the definition of pathology, of neurosis. Likewise, if you say defund the police or ban fossil fuels, or gender is a construct, or climate change will kill change will kill us in 12 years, or Donald Trump is the greatest threat to democracy since World War II, the New York Times said that on Sunday. We'll talk about that. That really is a sign that your brain is not operating properly and that you're not functioning in anything remotely like the real world now once again i blame our chattering classes for this they try to cover up joe biden's emails or silence doctors who say masks don't work but they amplify fantasy solutions for non-existence existent crises because those make the populace more pliable to rule by the elite who they all represent that's why CNN did not suspend Tuber. Tu- uh Yeah, Tuber. They He took he Tubin. He took the uh, Tubin took time off from CNN, but CNN did not suspend him because at CNN, whacking off on camera is pretty much the job description. It's all of their job descriptions. Tubin's not the only journalist doing what he did. He's the mascot for the chattering classes. He was just a little bit more obvious about it than most of them. Now is the time when you especially want your home to be safe, especially when you're in it. And for me, who never sleeps at night, I'm lying awake. I like to be able to see what's going on outside. And with a Ring video doorbell, I can do just that. Ring has security products for every corner of your home, inside and out. And best of all, you can see it all with one simple app. With Ring, you can keep an eye on your home no matter where you are, even if you're at home. That's what I like about it. And if someone stops by or something's going on, Ring lets you know. It's peace of mind. Anytime, knowing that your home is protected, you can see and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere with their video doorbells, and you can get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com slash clavin. It comes with Ring's Video Doorbell 3 and Chime Pro, the perfect way to start your Ring experience, plus free two-day shipping. Go to ring.com slash clavin. That's ring.com slash clavin. If anyone comes to your house, you can look at them no matter where you are and say to them, how do you spell Claven? And if they know the answer, Answer, call the police. That's a disreputable (laughs) person. Now, what I'm going to talk about today is what I call the great derangement, the absolute non-reality based hysteria about Donald Trump that is growing to a crescendo as the election nears. And as you know, I don't think Trump is a perfect vehicle for what needs to be done. I think he's a flawed vehicle for something very important. It's not his fault he's a flawed vehicle. Or if it is, it's not his fault that we needed a flawed vehicle to do it. That is the system. You know, Ben put out a video, I think over the weekend where he says he was going to vote for him. He didn't vote for Trump in 2016. And he explained why? And a lot of people wrote to me kind of complaining, what took Ben so long, or did you influence Ben? And that, that's not the way this works. That's not the way this works. As I've said many times, Ben and I see the same facts, which is really important. We see the world, I think, as it is, and we almost always agree on the facts, but we have different values and different life experiences, and that makes us individuals. Now, the thing is, Ben is a man of conscience, and so am I, I hope. And like everyone, sometimes our conscience delivers the wrong message, sometimes our conscience fails us, and sometimes we fail our conscience. That happens to every single one of us. But Ben and I are both people who try to follow our conscience, and that's what good people do. And that's why the facts are so important. That's why reality is so important. If you think gender is a construct, or climate change will kill us in 12 years, or Donald Trump is worse than World War II, your conscience is operating on fantasy instead of fact and guaranteed to get things wrong. Now, the, thing, the difference between Ben and me, the di- difference back in 2016 when we got into this big argument about whether to vote for Donald Trump, and I said I was going to, is that I see the voting, I see elections when you're a voter in an election, it's almost like being the police. By the time it gets to a vote, the options are already severely limited. The system has already failed at most m- multiple levels. Just when a cop sees a criminal, already he's not the guy who can fix that problem that delivered that criminal in society. It may just be human evil. It may be a lot of different failures of the social system. The cop only has the chance to arrest him. That's all he can do. And we, the voter, only has a chance be- to choose between two different people, right? And that's why I scream and yell about the culture. It's the long term stuff that happens before the election that really matters. Now, this wonderful columnist I uh, tout all the time, Holman Jenkins Jr. of The Wall Street Journal, has this uh, column today about Joe Biden and his weird corruption that, that this Hunter Biden, these Hunter Biden emails look to expose. He says, the two-party system has served America well for two centuries, but the government it oversees has evolved into a vast rent-seeking and redistribution apparatus the founders never envisioned. Rent-seeking is when you manipulate public policy to make profits. Reforms Americans might want seem permanently blocked by Beltway influencers, a cost-effective health care system, a tax code that isn't a piñata for special interests, a primary education system that doesn't treat its neediest customers as chattel, even as it provides good services to those who can use a competitive real estate market to force local officials to respond to parental desire for better schools. Mr. Trump is an imperfect vehicle, but who in at least 2,000 years hasn't been in a perfect vehicle there hasn't been one since jesus his voters are the ones who have been most disrespected by the relentless dishonesty of the democratic and media campaign to legitimize the 2016 election the two-party system is not beyond redic- redemption in fact we're coming to the end of a four-year experiment testifying to its ability to generate outsider pressure for change. That is what the great derangement is about. Okay, the great derangement is about the pressure to change this two party system that is serving nobody but the powerful. It is not serving the American people. And that is why they're so upset with Donald Trump. And, And that's that is the reason why they've gone insane. Let's just take a look at this. Let's start looking at this derangement syndrome with a wonderful montage that the Media Research Center has put out of the way the news has covered covered Trump for the last four years. is cut five. Let's be frank, a national nightmare is upon us. It's not really a serious (laughs) dispute anymore that President Trump is not up to this job. How badly uh, is he failing right now? That address probably should have come with a a Surgeon General's warning. It was hazardous to the truth. Do, Do you think journalists are gonna look back years from now and regret not doing even more To speak out about this lying and deceit? I think some journalists will. Is it appropriate to ask whether the president is having difficulty with rationality? He is unstable. He's not well. The president is a Russian operative. America's president sided with its enemy today. That would be treason, right? To believe that the president isn't compromised requires such a leap of faith. All he had to do was not, you know, put on jammies and crawl under the covers with Vladimir Putin, and he couldn't do that. What does Putin have on him? What does Putin have on Trump. The Trump administration has been copying the wrong Korea. Dime store slurring Mussolini. Wannabe dictator. If the party nominates uh, Hitler, you going to vote for him. Does this look like Germany in 1933? <laughs> that's the coverage that Trump has gotten. But the important thing is they don't know their is That's what causes the derangement. If you're just a political operative attacking people, if that's the Democrats saying that, if that's Nancy Pelosi saying that, that's just cynical manipulation of of political, you know, uh, of, of the people. That's all it is. That's what pol- pol- politicians do. We expect it, but this is the press. They don't know. Here is Mara Gay, who was on the New York Times editorial board, a very far leftist. She compared Republicans. When Republicans voted against impeachment, she compared that to Jim Crow. This is a person of deep bias. Here's what she says about the New York Times coverage. This is cut six. When the New York Times editorial board endorsed Joe Biden, we didn't do it because uh, the New York Times is a partisan newspaper. We're actually not partisan. um, But I think we did it because we see him as the best chance at saving our democracy. And we can have policy debates uh, later. I know um, Michael and I have had them, too. Uh, this isn't about uh, this election is not about Democrat or Republican. This is really about right and wrong and saving the soul of the nation. <laughs> We're not biased. We're just saving the soul of the nation. That's not what's biased about that. We will have policy debates between left and far left, but we you know it's it's this right wing. So here's what they play, They wrote over the weekend. All right. This is they took up an entire uh section, like an insert section of the review in the Sunday paper to write this endorsement of Joe Biden that's really just an assault on Donald Trump. And this is what's not biased to Gay, okay? It's called "End Our National Crisis." That's the headline. And if you're watching, you can probably see the picture of the <laughs> this Wilton flower, and it had the words: corruption, anger, chaos, incompetence, lies, decay, which sounds like the 1619 Project, right? I mean, this is from the newspaper that published the 1619 Project and the Red Century series, which said, "Oh, what a wonderful place the Soviet Union was! Soviet Union, great place. The sex was one. Yeah, you were a slave. You had no money. You had to live with your six other families, but the sex." was great in the Soviet, you know, that's the the New York Times. So you want to talk about corruption, anger, chaos, incompetence, lies, decay, especially decay because the New York Times actually did used to be a newspaper. I know it's hard to believe, but it did. This is their take on Donald Trump. And uh, you know, this is not biased. It's just, they're just saving the soul of the nation. Don't think of this as biased. These are just the facts from the New York Times. Donald Trump's really, I'm sorry. Donald Trump's re-election campaign poses the greatest threat to American democracy since World War II. So there was Hitler and then, not, you know, Stalin, eh, you know, he was okay. Stalin was fine. Was, the sex was great. The sex was great under Stalin. But but Hitler and then Trump, that's it. <laughs> Mr. Trump's ruinous tenure already has gravely damaged the United States at home and around the world. And we're so used to this language, this nonspecific, terrible threats. He's abused the power of his office. He's denied the legitimacy of his political opponents. I mean, they're calling him Hitler, but they're not denying it. He's shattered the norms that have bound the nation together for generations. What are those norms? The norms are the Democrats want to make the government grow and take over our freedoms quickly. The Republicans want it a little less quickly. You know, they want to destroy the country in a year. The Republicans say, nah, take two years, okay? And that's what they have been, they've been liking. This is the rent-seeking, using the government to increase profits, crony capitalism, which they're all on board with, not just the Republicans, it's the Republicans and the Democrats, and spreading that money to voters buying those voters and that's what trump has gotten in the way of and and maybe listen i'm not saying that doesn't make trump a bad guy maybe trump's a bad guy too but i but the, he has gotten in the way of this The enormity, ah, the enormity and the variety of Mr. Trump's misdeeds can feel overwhelming. Repetition has dulled our sense of outrage. But and then they have under this, they just have one column after another, how Trump has destroyed gay people and by appointing the first gay cabinet member and how he's destroyed black people by making their lives better and giving them, you know, uh, uh, jobs that they didn't have before. But here's what he's done. Okay. Okay. As the world runs out of time to confront climate change, Mr. Trump has denied the need for action, abandoned international cooperation, and attacked efforts to limit emissions. So he got out of the Paris Accord, which all experts agreed would do nothing. He has mounted a cruel crackdown on both legal and illegal immigration without proposing a sensible policy for determining who should be allowed to come to the United States. And that's just not true. He has proposed a sensible policy. They just haven't done anything about it because they want those people coming in. The Republicans want them. The Democrats want them. The Journal wants them. The Times wants them. Everybody wants those illegal guys coming in so they can pay them less money and so they can screw screw the vote. They all have a reason. He's the only guy who said, why is the border open? Okay. Obsessed with reversing the achievements of his immediate predecessor, Barack Obama, he has sought to persuade both Congress and the courts to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, which is a mess, a terrible law. He campaigned as a champion of ordinary workers, but has governed on behalf of the wealthy. Really? He has strained long-standing alliances while embracing dictators like North Korea's Kim Jong-un and Russia's Vladimir Putin. You know, I mean, so in other words, it's a combination of they disagree with them and lies. They disagree with him and lies. But the thing is, because they are so immersed in their own world and because they don't talk to anybody outside of it and because they've convinced themselves of these crises, they do believe they do believe that climate change could kill us in 12 years. And anything is, you know, who said anybody who says, you know, even. Even the science doesn't say that. Even the worst reports don't say that. Anybody who says it isn't listening to the science because the science is all in their heads. And these are the scientists, by the way, who think that gender is a construct and women are men and men are women and, you know, you should take little children and change their sex if they should happen to come out and, uh, with a doll instead of a truck one day. You know, I mean, this is, this is the kind of thinking that's going on. You know, this used to be Keith Olbermann, who's back now, used to talk like this but he used to be a joke. This is cut 13. This is what Keith Olbermann is saying now. I'm tired of the thought that we are now going to repeat the months of March and April in this country, a country that should have learned something, but which in large part hasn't been authorized to wallow and die in its own stupidity because of one man, one dumb bastard, one selfish son of a b- one real-life major French attacking the only hope we have, the science and insisting science is wrong, and Fauci is an idiot, and only I can save you, and insisting you can do whatever you want, then the disease affects almost nobody. Donald Trump should be on trial for 220,000 murders, death penalty for each count. <laughs> He's going to put, he gets the death penalty to the president. Here's Clinton advisor Paul Begala, uh, 22. I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans, listen. You are the people in history they warned us about. They warned us about people like you. Pay attention. We're losing our democracy. Wake up. Wake up. That was not Paul Begala. That was another one of these Democrat ladies screaming in cars. But here's Paul Begala, a Clinton advisor, okay, 22, uh, 12, sorry. I talk to Democrats all the time. The most common thing that Democrats say is, ah, <laughs> they're scared to death and they're highly motivated and I want them to be that way. I'm sorry to scream in your ear, Erin, but the, that's, that's what they say. Seriously, you call them. That's what they say, a primal scream at the prospect that somehow Trump might get a second term. So they're highly motivated. Well, I wanted to play those cuts in reverse, but my point is simply that this focus, this trickles down, this is trickle-down hysteria. Remember how Ronald Reagan had trickle-down profits, trickle-down money? This is trickle-down hysteria. This is the people that the New York Times are hysterical, the commentators have all become Keith Olbermann, and now these poor women, these poor Democrat women are driving around in their cars, screaming into their cell phones, and taking videos of it as if this was some kind of commentary. It is trickle-down hysteria. What is it all about? Let's take a look at that. You know, a lot of people listen to this show and say, wow, Clavin, I just love your show. You're so wise and funny and brilliant. And that's all true. But why is the show such a dumpster fire, they wonder? And the reason is we didn't use ZipRecruiter.com. This is the staff we have. They love it, by the way, when I say these things. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's election time. (laughs) We're all going to fill a lot of jobs, especially after months of watching debates and researching their experience. But what if you had to do all that work? Every time you needed to hire for your business, you don't because there is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter does the work for you, and right now you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com Claven. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over a hundred job sites with just one click, and then ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to. To apply. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash Claven. That's ziprecruiter.com slash Claven. You may be stressed out about the election, but you won't be stressed about hiring when you try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com/slash Claven. It is the smartest way to hire, especially if you know how to spell Claven, because if you don't know that, you're lost. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Claven. I just I just make it look easy like this. Molly Hemingway. Molly Hemingway, who's been a great commentator. I I, I kind of feel like Molly, Molly's a wonderful person and absolutely a brilliant, brilliant commentator. But I sort of feel that she's a little bit behind me in her reaction to the press. Like she's still at the stage where she looks at the press and goes, They're lying, but they're but they're lying. I've kind of passed that into, you know, yeah, they're obviously they're completely on the side of the Democrats and they're just a disinformation pravda machine. But but Molly makes this point. And you've heard me make this point a couple of months ago, but it's still really important. And of course, she does it brilliantly. She says Trump's greatest accomplishments are what he hasn't done. And she says foreign leaders across the world have treated the coronavirus as an opportunity for unprecedented power grabs. China and South Korea track their citizens digitally. Israel suspended some courts. Hungary's executive seized emergency authorities. Elections were delayed. Domestically, obviously, governors banned children from going to school, banned people from going to church, closed businesses for weeks and months at a time, mask mandates were issued, family gatherings were banned, tracking of sick individuals was pushed, but not Trump. The one the media constantly claims will do these things. At no time has any member of big media raised significant concerns about the violations of Americans' constitutional rights. Governors' power grabs or the risks posed to Democratic governance. In fact, the media have gone after Republican governors who were less restrained in their violations of citizens' rights, claiming they were bloodthirsty monsters. Quote, Georgia's experiment in human sacrifice, unquote, was the headline of the Atlantic's article claiming that Republican Governor Brian Kemp has over, was overseeing well, human sacrifice by not using his power to shutter businesses more. Ben mentioned this, too, in his endorsement of Trump, saying he's the one person who has not expanded. You heard me talk about this. Months ago, saying he is he is amazingly not formed a new government agency to deal with the coronavirus. He has not had a, a federal response to things that are so different in South Dakota and New York, where they. I just got back from New York. The place is gone insane. It is an insane city. Everybody's afraid. Nobody will open the schools. It is, they are torturing the children in that city. It is absolute. And and all the science. Speaking of the science, is that opening schools does not increase the spread. So, you know, you, I give you these things. I give you tomorrow's news today. But still, everybody is catching up to this. What is the point? All right. The point is it, the point is to keep us at each other's throats because, you know, the, the governor, the gubernatorial candidates in Utah put out this ad, a beautiful ad is cut uh, one. These are this is the Democrat and Republican gubernatorial candidates putting out an ad together. Cut one. I'm Chris Peterson and I'm Spencer Cox. We are currently in the final days of campaigning against each other to be your next governor. And while I think you should vote for me. Yeah, but but really you should vote for me. There are some things we both agree on. We can debate issues without degrading each other's character. We can disagree without hating each other. And win or lose in Utah, we work together. So let's show the country that there's a better way. My name's Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. And we We approve this message. This is the thing they're trying to prevent. This is what the hysteria is all about. They do not want us to look at each other and think, you know, this guy has got a point. Let's let's talk about this. He's got concerns that I don't have. I have concerns that he doesn't have. Let's talk about this. Why? Because that normalizes constitutional governance. It normalizes Donald Trump saying, let the people be free. It normalizes... Peeling back the government, and it's always that panic, that that crisis that has to be there, so the government can grow and grow, and so people are pliable to elite governance. That is what it's all about. That's what everything is about. Trump is he flawed? Yes, he is. Is he is he the best instrument we could have at this moment? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he's the only instrument we've got. Doesn't matter. The point is, it's not about Trump. It's about the system that made Trump necessary. And that's the system they're trying to protect. And that's what this Biden scandal is all about, too. This is what the Joe Biden scandal is all about. Now, when you come on crazy right-wing radio like this and you hear lunatics like myself telling you that at any moment the government could force you to stay in your home and you might not have the food you need you think what a crazy guy that'll never happen but just in case just in case there should be oh i don't know a pandemic or something like that you want to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options ReadyWise has many options like emergency meals Freeze dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition. New adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. You can order online and have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. Due to increased demand, supplies are limited, and some items may currently be out of stock. But... This week, my listeners can get free shipping at readywise.com when entering Claven at checkout or by calling 855-474-4084. ReadyWise has a 90-day no questions asked return policy, so there's no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. That's ReadyWise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com, promo code Claven to get free shipping. And you're probably asking, why'd you spell ReadyWise, but you didn't spell Claven? How do you how do you spell Claven? (laughs) K-L-A-V-A-N. I was just going to say that, you know, just going back to that Holman Jenkins column I read at the top. He says, if there is a more waxen emblem of elite monoculture than Joe Biden, none leaps to mind. Now, this Biden laptop story. I want to be careful about this because that story increasingly seems solid, and it has been solidly confirmed. They have the receipt from the uh, computer, laptop computer store where the thing was dropped off. They know now they have the subpoena from the FBI. The FBI confirms they have the fact uh, have the computer in their hands. Adam Schiff, you know, I mean, Adam Schiff is saying it's Russian disinformation. A lot of people are saying it's Russian disinformation. That's all garbage. It do- it wouldn't even matter if it were Russian disinformation. The question is whether it's true, right? So. Only one reporter, Bo Erickson, has asked about this. He asked Biden about this. Here's Biden's response. It's cut four. Mr. Biden, what is your response to the New York Post story about your son, sir? I know you'd ask it. I have no response. It's another smear campaign. Right up your alley. Those are the questions you always ask. It's a smear campaign. These are the questions you always ask. When has he been asked anything? Kamala Harris hasn't been asked a single question by anybody. Today, he responded... Uh, Biden did respond from his basement to, to a an attack by uh, Senator Ron Johnson. Here's that clip, 21. Wisconsin's Republican Sorry. Senator Ron Johnson put out a statement on Homeland Security letterhead saying Hunter Biden, together with other Biden family members, profited off the Biden name. Is there any legitimacy to Senator Johnson's claims? None whatsoever. This is the same garbage Rudy Giuliani, Trump's henchman, it's a last-ditch effort in this desperate campaign to smear me and my family. Even the man who served with him on that committee, the former nominee for the Republican Party, said there's no basis to this. And, you know, and, all, and the vast majority of the intelligence people have come out and said there's no basis at all. Ron should be ashamed of himself. So, by the way, that's not true. What he just said is completely untrue. What the vast majority of the intelligence community has come out and said is this is not Russian disinformation. That's what they've said. They haven't said this is untrue. Absolute nonsense. Jenna Arnold, a Biden uh, surrogate because he needs surrogates because he can't put an English sentence together. You can't put an English sentence together without lying, that's for sure. Jenna Arnold went up against a Fox reporter and he just took her to pieces. It was like watching somebody go into a graveyard spin because she wouldn't deny that these things are, in fact, Hunter Biden's emails. This is cut uh, 10. So much of this is unconfirmed. Okay, Okay, so Jenna, Jenna, it's real simple. You say it's unconfirmed. Tell us what parts are not true. I mean, Hunter Biden knows what emails he has and hasn't sent. Are you saying in the campaign saying that these emails aren't his? It's unclear to me. I would say that what's so important right now from both the American citizen and the media, yourself included, Leland, is to continue to ask clarifying questions about this, why the FBI is investigating, but it's imperative to note that the NSA holds up, that Giuliani was being played by these emails. Wait, but, but again, again, Jenna, Jenna, the easiest, Jenna, Jenna, the the about easiest about thing about in the world process. to do, okay. stop with all the obfuscation. The easiest thing in the world to do would be to say these aren't Hunter Biden's emails. Nobody, including Hunter Biden and including the campaign, has said it. We still haven't answered the fundamental question, which is, can anyone say that these emails are inauthentic? And so far, I haven't heard anybody say that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think anybody's saying. Okay, they so, are so let me Jenna, or, let me ask you about. So she's admitting by the end of it, she's admit these are authentic. So what do they do in real life instead of having the fever pit where we just say, oh, you know, this is a this is obviously he should be put in jail. That's not that's not where we are. Where we are is this. We have known for years that Biden's family, his younger brother, Jimmy, I think his name is, and Hunter Biden, his messed up kid. And listen, I have sympathy. The kid is, saw his mother killed in a car accident, was almost killed himself in the same car accident. He's a messed up guy. He just didn't make it. He didn't make it to the other side of that tragedy. Uh, and he's he's ruined, and that's that's painful. And I think a lot of families in America can sympathize with that. That's not the point. The point is corruption and malfeasance in the government. That's the point. So for we we've known for years that the family has been. St- basically using his name to get contracts and loans and things like that. That doesn't mean that Biden has been participating, but he hasn't stopped it either. He could have gone and said, look, this cannot go on. But we know that Jimmy got loans. We know that he got a deal in Iraq. I think that contract in Iraq fell apart. But still, it was a contract. He had no business getting a billion dollar contract in Iraq while Biden was overlooking Iraq. And we now know. So what this what this has added is we now know that Biden, A, was lying when he said he never discussed it. We can see that they were discussing it all the time. We know that Bi- we now know that Biden may have actually delivered on some of this influence peddling. That's really bad. He may have held meetings with Ukraine, even his actions with Burisma. The fact Burisma was a corrupt company that stole gas rights, used government power to get gas rights. When a reform government came in, Biden did not help them uh, uncover that corruption, and he purposely didn't. It's still unclear you know, why he forced the firing of this company, but he stopped basically the kind of reform that would have gotten Hunter Biden tossed out. We now have this really weird thing where uh, Hunter Biden says that Joe Biden was being paid off, getting a percentage of a possible Chinese deal with a Chinese energy company, was which was basically synonymous with the Chinese government. That was in 2017. So he was no longer vice president. So it wouldn't be influence peddling. It would still be tremendously, tremendously poor judgment. The New York Times is trying to make some big deal out of a nonsense bank account that uh, Donald Trump has, it has some link to China, which means nothing. This is a really serious uh, lapse in judgment. Now, Rudy Giuliani says there are emails and pictures of Hunter with underage girls. Again, that's a terrible thing. It should be investigated. The guy should probably be put in jail if it's true. But that's not getting in Biden. But it does look it does look like Biden had a much deeper uh, involvement with this kind of influence peddling than he has ever admitted or that anybody has ever come forward and pinned it on him before. We know it's been going on. We now think maybe he had a part in it. And that is an important story that should be covered. Hey, October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, a collaborative effort to make sure every American has what they need to stay safe and secure online. Individuals and organizations are being reminded, if you connect it, protect it. And we are all encouraged to take proactive steps to enhance cybersecurity and protect our part of cyberspace. You know, this is why I use LifeLock, because I'm the kind of person who thinks, well, nobody's going to want to come on my uh, internet and take my identity or use my material. But in fact, they can see everything. And it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. We put our information at risk all the time on the internet, and you could miss certain identity threats By just monitoring, for instance, your credit, LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If you become a victim of identity theft, LifeLock can help you restore your identity easier than you can do on your own. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com slash That's LifeLock.com slash for 25% off. You can look on the dark web and find out how to spell Claven, but I'll tell you for free. It's K-L-A. <laughs> I was just going to say that because there are no E's in Claven. Not everybody knows that. All right, the mailbag is coming up. Oh, you know what else is coming up? <laughs> that scream. That's the first thing that's coming up. But also, there's been a lot of drama with the presidential debates, and now we are up for the last and final debate. If Joe Biden can make it, if they can drag him out of his uh, basement, uh, you can join us at 8:45 p.m. Eastern, 5:45 p.m. Pacific tomorrow for an all-new episode of Daily Wire Backstage to watch the debate with us and get our immediate live reaction to this major political event and. If you join Daily Wire now as an insider or all access member, you can get 20% off with code Debate. So you can watch all the debate coverage live on our Apple TV or Roku app. Watch the debate with us on dailywire.com, YouTube, Facebook. Get 20% off your Daily Wire membership with code Debate when you sign up today. Mailbag is on the way. Mailbag. (laughs) <laughs> it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Let's hope he's screaming soon. Uh, from Colin, Clavin, lord of the multiverse and one with no ease. I am a man that focuses on the policy each candidate proposes. My view of politicians is that they are imperfect vessels for policies. My vote will be to the one who advocates for the policies I think are best. I don't understand how people can view politicians in a subjective manner, meaning they will vote for the person they personally like or vote against somebody who they personally dislike. Why do people view and react towards politics in such a manner and is there something that can be done to create a culture of more critical thinking or should we as people who are engaged in politics daily recognize this reality is unchanging and strategize towards marketing to people who interact with politics subjectively? Your answer will be correct, and I pray it will change my life for the better. Well, it will be correct, and it probably if you can accept it, it will change your life for the better. The world does not run by reason. The world is run by passion and interest. That is what runs the world. And passions are guided by sin and passengers are guided by all kinds of things that we uh, you know, don't like. I mean, it says in the Bible, St. Paul says, I, I, I want to do the right thing, but I don't do it. Uh, that's not because he has no free will. That's because there are other things working against his free will that are also contained inside him. The thing is, logic and facts catch up. That is the the thing. The gods of the copybook heading uh, do catch up. I think it was, who was it uh, who said that, you know, what what can't continue uh, won't, but it makes a difference whether you stop the bus at the top of the cliff or the bottom of the cliff. That's what conservatives are always trying to do with the facts. As I was saying at the beginning, you know, you can be a man of conscience, but if your conscience is guided by fantasies, My fantasies that Donald Trump is the greatest threat to democracies since World War II, which is a complete childish nonsense. If your conscience is guided by fantasies, your conscience is going to be deluded. And so many people's consciences are deluded because they are in a passion. They've been lied to and they don't know how to get the facts. And that's that's what governs politics. But the facts come back. Ideas that cannot be sustained, that don't make internal sense, eventually collapse. But they can do a lot of damage before they collapse. I mean, the Holocaust is is maybe the classic example of bad ideas doing tremendous damage before they collapse, and before everybody says, "Oh, this was actually a stupid idea," it's too late, right? So that's that's what you're saying. People do vote for the candidate they like. Uh, If you've ever been on a jury. You'll hear jury members say, "Well, I don't know. The defense attorney just seemed like a nice person." You know, you you people do react that way. And so that, that's what you live with. And you fight back with facts, but you have to fight back with facts in such a way that it appeals to people's passion. And, and this is, I mean, my, the, exa- the classic, classic example is always Paul Ryan, who wanted to cut uh, reform entitlements, which has to be done, it must be done. This is one of the big flaws in Donald Trump's uh, administration. It ha- they have to be reformed. So he'd come out with a chart and he'd have a stick and he'd point at the stick and he'd point at the chart and all this stuff. And he'd explain it all. And what to any reasonable person, you thought, yeah, we have to reform entitlements. The Democrats then made a video of a guy who looked like Paul Ryan pushing an old lady in a wheelchair off a cliff. And everybody went, well, that, that was bad. You don't want people pushing our old ladies off cliffs. You know, and I pointed out it was ridiculous because he was talking about reforming Social Security. So he received it older than 65, and I said a 65-year-old woman no longer looks like an old woman in a wheelchair as she once did. Now she's doing yoga and playing tennis and going to kickboxing classes, and so she doesn't need that social security quite as early, and so if we can reform entitlements. But the passion, the uh, image, oversaw, overrode the logic and the facts. And that's just part of politics. That is what politics is like. And if you don't understand that, you're going to be constantly in a fury. What is infuriating now is the unified attempt by Twitter, by Facebook, by Google, by ABC, NBC, CBS, people who were assigned the jobs, the New York Times, who were assigned the jobs, who had the jobs of giving us the facts, lying. And not even knowing they're lying, they're lying because they think their ideas, their passions, their crises, their make-believe fears, those are the facts. They have no way, they have nobody next to them to turn around and say, you're being nuts, because they only hire their, their own. And when they don't hire their own, when they make mis- the mistake of not hiring their own, like Barry Weiss, they fire her or force them out. That That's the problem we have today. And that just is making this the system worse. It'll still be run by passion. It'll still be run by, I like this candidate, I don't like that one, but we'd have a little bit more grasp on the facts. And right today, even I am having a very hard time getting the facts. I have to try twice as hard, three times as hard, to make sure I have the facts before I come on the air. All right, from Kiran, who is a, uh, a male, he says, Question, Dear Clavin, slayer of ease and lord of all things Elis, I am 20 years of age and have recently been asked on a date by a woman I work with. I'm physically attracted to her, but she leaves a less res- reserved life than I think I should could be comfortable with, posting revealing pictures of herself on social media and regularly engaging in sexually loaded conversation. What should I do, given that the situation is further complicated by our shared place of work? I'm ready for my life to be changed by your unrivaled wisdom. You don't need me to tell you this. You don't need my unrivaled wisdom. You know exactly what you're walking into. You're walking into danger waters because you have it, have the hots for this girl. So, you know, once you sleep with her and if you go out with her, you know, that is probably going to be on the table. Uh, she will be a mess in your life that you will have to clean up. You decide whether that's worth it, whether it's the moral thing to do, whether it's the right thing to do. She will own you in in some ways because you will have uh, stepped outside of the work Um, environment and had started a personal relationship with somebody who is obviously a little bit of a loose cannon, maybe a lot of a loose cannon, you know why you're doing it. You're doing it because she's hot. You're doing it because she seems to be available. uh, And that's exciting and fun and pleasurable. Uh, But you know that you're walking into a car wreck at the same time. So so you choose, you choose, you know, uh, 20 minutes of uh, fun friction and a car wreck or not so much fun and um, and no car wreck. You know, recently I'm, I'm always talking about the fact that there's no such thing in movies as a uh, as a necessary nude scene. But that obviously that's an overstatement. There are some nude scenes that really work. And the other day I saw one on uh, an episode of the show. I like the Americans. Right. And it has an FBI agent who uh, is a good guy. He's running a Russian uh, spy and he starts to have an affair with her. And there's a scene where he's putting on his tie after he starts this affair and this woman walks nude onto the screen, and she has a body to kill for. I mean, they just show her from behind, but it is quite a behind. Okay? And in this moment, it was a good nude scene, because you realize this man has sold out everything of importance. He's betrayed his family, he's betrayed his wife, he's betrayed his own integrity, he's betrayed his country, he's betrayed his job, he's betrayed everything. And yet, when you see that body, you think like, "Eh, I might have have done that too. You know what the choices are, uh, but you're the one who's got to make them. But those are the choices don't kid yourself don't talk yourself out of it those are the choices that you're looking at um all right from arena uh, I'm 17, live in New York, and I'm a new All Access member. Thank you, it was great to have you. I just recently gotten into politics after identifying as a leftist by default because I live in New York, but I found my views aligned with the conservative system of values partly due to your videos and writing. I love you and your show very much and I have a bit of a philosophical question for you. I was recently watching AOC's Instagram Live, actually this question, and we've sort of answered this. She says, with public people like AOC and other disintegrationists as ridiculous and crazy as their ideas can sound to us on the conservative side, do they think they, they actually believe the things They say, are they actually proposing that socialism could work and act for the betterment of the country and its people? Or do they recognize the evils? Uh, You know, this is when you study the Soviet Union um, and and the slave state that it became, although the sex, according to The New York Times, was just great. Um, When you study that, what you realize is that they start out believing it. They really do. Um, You know, inequality is a painful thing. Uh, it, it does seem to call for some sort of mitigation. We all want to be kind to the poor. We all want to make sure the poor are not forgotten. I think it is part of a righteous country to make sure it's, par- it's poor or taken care of. Of course, I prefer that be done on a private basis. Uh, and I think it's damaging when it's done by the government. I think it deprives us of, of charity. It deprives us of choice. But, but still, something has to be done. We can't just leave them out there and say, yeah, the government, the, this should be done on a private basis, and then nobody does anything about it. So there, there are all kinds of questions about how to take care of the poor. And people start out with this idea that you know, they get frustrated by the inaction and corruption of government. We're all frustrated by it. And they start to think a change has got to come. People are fascinated by change and radical change and action. They like action, you know. When the French Revolution started, people just thought, this is it. Now heaven has come to earth. And that didn't work. Napoleon started a world war. And people are like, wow, Napoleon, he really takes action. He's a genius, you know. And they fell for that because they love action. They know that something's wrong. They want life to change. That's my joke about, you know, it'll change your life. But will it change your life for the better? Because if you say to somebody, read this book, it'll change your life. Doesn't matter who it is. It could be Tom Cruise. It could be the most famous, richest, most successful guy or gal in history. And they'll say, oh, good, I'll read that. It'll change my life, you know. And the reason is we know something's wrong. We know the world is broken. We know we're broken and we want and we want change to come. And so people start off thinking, wow, (laughs) people start off thinking, yeah, we need this to happen. Uh, But ultimately, Ultimately, it breaks down and they start to realize it is a mistake and it's just not working and they just can't let it go. They can't admit, oh, I spied on my neighbor and I was wrong. Oh, I killed my neighbor and I was wrong. Oh, I imprisoned people and I was wrong. Oh, I supported Stalin or Hitler and I was wrong. They can't admit it and they stick to it uh, even so. All right, I got to stop there. I'll be back again tomorrow and on Friday to fill in for the day I missed. I'm Andrew Klavan. This is The Andrew Claven Show.